Welcome to the jungle, the Auburn men's basketball podcast. Seven-footer Kessler with the screen, gets it back, goes right down the lane. Auburn men, talking Auburn men's basketball. Katie Johnson over Gibson. No frills, no gimmicks, just ball. Jamari Smith left wide open. Here's your host, Matt Donaldson and Jackson Garrett. All right, guys, I'm back from vacation, and we got a special treat today. We got Coach Wes Flanagan on the pod, uh, dad of Alan Flanagan, coach on the team, former great player on the Auburn squads. Welcome to the podcast. Man, I'm glad to be here, man. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. I'm even uh, wearing a a Cliff Dwellers t-shirt. Have you seen one of these in a long time? It's, it's been a while since I've seen one of those, man. That's that's interesting. You, well, you, had, you had to pull that out of one of the boxes up in the attic, man. It's got dust and, you know, everything on it. So I'll be at the game on Saturday. Maybe I'll wear it and I'll, I'll bring a Sharpie and you can sign it. <laughs> I'll definitely do that for you. Well, we um... – you know, we, we've been around Auburn basketball a while. I think that's why Jackson wanted to wear that shirt. You know, I remember I was talking to him before you came on. Um, you were one of the first players I remember as like a six or seven-year-old kid in Houston, Texas, playing in my uh, driveway, trying to be Wes Flanagan and dish passes <laughs> to people that weren't there. Like, oh, this is cool for me. Um, just give us a little bit. We're going to focus a lot on, you know, this year's team and a lot of stuff going on. But, um, you know, you spent some years at Auburn. You played – you were – you know, I think a fan favorite in a lot of ways, um, but obviously maybe didn't experience some of the success that you've been able to experience on the coaching side since you came back. Just right. tell us a little bit about your uh, time being back at Auburn and how special that's been for you and how cool it is to build this program into what it is right now. Well, well, man, I, I can just go back, man, to my first night in Auburn Arena, you know, as assistant coach and, uh, you know, standing beside Coach Pearl, you know, as the national anthem is getting sung. And, uh, you know, just to see the excitement in our fan base, um, you know, to see the, the seats full. You know, obviously we had a great team that year and, and everybody was excited about that team. And just kind of see where our program was at and how much excitement coach had kind of, you know, built into our program and our community and, you know, how proud they were of us and, and where they were. Um, you know, it was, it was a special moment for me, man. I, it almost kind of brought me back to tears. You know, this had so many flashbacks, man. I just remember, you know, basically, man, you know, playing my heart out, you know, for Auburn uh, and for myself, you know, for my family. Um, and, and and just knowing how hard it was, even for us then, and, and for our program to be, you know, pretty much at all-time high, man. It's, 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 been, it's been special for me to be back here for four years and have my son, my both of my sons experience, my wife experience it, you know, my family, you know, my mom and dad to be able to come back and, you know, have a different experience than what they had when I was here, you know, in Beard Eves. Obviously, we had to clip through all those bands, but, you know, nothing compares to, you know, what's going on in, in the jungle right now. And uh, it's an exciting place, man. It's getting us into, uh, you know, a different kind of home right now. And, uh, you know, our main focus is, you know, after we left that Virginia stage, uh, you know, losing to Virginia in Minneapolis, you know, our main focus was, man, to try to get back to the Final Four. And, uh, you know, that's all I've thought about. I'm sure that's all Coach Curl and the rest of our staff have thought about. And uh, now we got another team, man, that may be capable of doing that. And, uh, you know, we hope to finish strong and finish well. 
you know, you, you talked about when you first came to Auburn, you know, you're originally from Arkansas. I've always heard you have really deep roots in Arkansas. You, you head coached in Arkansas. You yeah. know, how did you end up at Auburn? And, you know, after this amount of time where you were a player at Auburn and now your, your son's a player at Auburn, your coach at Auburn, it's probably this kind of split a little bit. Tell us about those roots, how you got to Auburn, and what does that game every year mean against Arkansas? Yeah, well, you know, Arkansas is home. You know, I grew up there. Um, you know, it's it's a special place in itself. Um, but but Auburn is the place that raised me. You know, I came here as a 17-year-old, wet behind the ear, uh, young fellow that was all excited about, you know, being in college, you know, playing in the SEC. And, um, you know, I went through, you know, some difficult times at Auburn, but I went through some fun times as well. And, uh, you know, kind of grew into my own man. I was out on my own. Obviously, my mom and dad were eight and a half hours away at the time. And so I had to learn how to grow up and, you know, take care of my own responsibilities. And uh, I think that experience, man, has helped propel me to, you know, obviously being successful in this profession, uh, you know, having a, a, a perseverance, you know, to get through, you know, some of the good times and the bad times, um, you know, as well as you guys know throughout my career, man, I've, I've, I've been a part of great programs and I've been a part of, you know, some down times as well. You know, I, I mentioned to you guys about, you know, Starkville and Mississippi State and, you know, obviously not getting the job done there. Uh, but I've been able to, you know, win some championships during my career. And, um, you know, Arkansas holds a special place in my heart, man, but no no bigger, no better than, than Auburn and, and this community here as well. Well, you're, you're also the career win percentage leader in Auburn history as a head coach. You're, you're one and oh, um, we talked to Stephen Curl the other day and he had some really interesting insight on, you know, that was his first time as a D1 head coach. You didn't have that obviously, but what was that like just getting to, have a day where you're standing up off the bench. Yeah, it was it was it was great, man. It was a dream come true. You know, when I got into coaching, you know, I've always had you know kind of you know some dreams, some aspirations, as we all do, um, you know, in our profession. And you know, coaching at Arkansas Little Rock was one. Uh, being able to go back home, um, you know, be an assistant coach there for years, and then also be a head coach, and that kind of came true. Um, you know, obviously in the back of my mind, you know, I've always wanted to be, you know, kind of the head coach at Auburn. And for one game, you know, against the University of Nebraska, where I also was a coach too, um, you know, I was able to do that, man. Our guys played really hard for me that night and, and for our program, and uh, we were able to get a win. So, you know, I was on cloud nine after that. We've now had uh, both of the most winning percentage coaches on our podcast this year in the last two weeks, you know, so Bruce, Bruce better catch up to you. I guess he's, he can never catch up to you at this point, you know, but uh, we'll have to get him on at some point as the third guy on there. And we've had Sonny Smith too, which is, I'm sure his win percentage is probably top three or four also. Right. Right. Well, you know, BP man is, is kind of a joke in his own kind of way. He got me and Steve, you know, some one and old hats. After we, oh, no way. After we finished the deal, man. And so, Obviously, that's something, man, that we'll always, you know, kind of keep as a souvenir, man. Uh, you know, again, man, you know, this is a program now, you know, BP. It all started with him. Um, you know, his heart, his sweat, his tears have kind of gone into this program. And he's gotten it to a point now where, uh, you know, it's something that, you know, I think and hope, you know, can stay relevant for a long time to come. And, uh, you know, I'm just happy to say I'm a part of big, something bigger than, than, than myself. You know, you were you were head coach previously before this Auburn stop, I believe, at Arkansas Little Rock, and now right. you're here 
as assistant, you know, it's cool to see you get that opportunity to coach your alma mater when a coach like Bruce kind of has a stranglehold on that job. You know, it's hard to imagine going anytime soon to be the right. head coach or alma mater. But right. did that that day, did, did that kind of like uh, get your blood flowing a little bit? If you look towards the future a little bit, maybe another head coaching opportunity at some point? Yeah, well, I, I think really, you know, going back and, you know, right before that game, you know, nobody knew um, that the NCAA was going to, you know, penalize us, you know, immediately. And so right before that game, man, I actually had an opportunity to go back home and be a part of a ceremony where my dad was getting the floor named after him at our high school back in Little Rock. And that was the first thing that kind of got me going, you know, thinking about, okay, another opportunity uh, as a head coach. That kind of sparked me again, you know, seeing all of his former players come back, you know, and enjoy, you know, that ceremony with him and our family and the whole, the whole nine. Um, and then I got back to campus, man, and like a day later, you know, BP walks in my office and hey, 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 you're you're gonna be the head coach on whatever day that was against Nebraska, you know, because it was my scout. And uh, you know, obviously, you know, being in that chair again, man, you know, I was I was very, very comfortable. Uh obviously I didn't have the same type of players as the players I had at Little Rock. <laughs> so that, that made it a little bit easier. Uh, but we were prepared. Uh BP helped us helped us get prepared. And uh, I enjoyed that moment. And, and that moment obviously has uh, given me a lot of uh, thoughts about, you know, sitting in that chair. Well, we hope we don't lose you anytime soon, but if you, if you head out <laughs> in the next couple of years, we'll be cheering for you. Just like with Steven, we told him the same thing that, you know, we, right. I'm sure Bruce says the same thing to you guys. The best bosses always want you to move on to something bigger and better. So, you right. know, we'll be cheering for you. Just don't leave us anytime soon because we need you right now. <laughs> I got well, Besides, so I'm fascinated by the scouting piece, right? Like I know you guys have teams of guys who work on different scouts. You mentioned that for the Nebraska game. Obviously, right. that's a huge piece, and, and I think it's cool how BP gives you all credit so much after wins, you know, immediately. Hey, you right. know, this, this coach led this scout, and they did a great job. What are some other stuff behind the scenes that, like, maybe you bring to this program that maybe people on the outside maybe just don't get to see who aren't in it day to day? Man, I, I think I think number one just just experience. Uh, you know, we got a great staff, and I think we got the best staff in the country. Uh, you know, I think I bring I bring versatility. Um, you know, I've I've been in it so long now to where uh, I've coached the perimeter guys, I've coached the post guys. Uh, you know, I, I know a lot. I kind of specialize on the defensive side of the basketball. Um, you know, I can work guys out. I can recruit. You know, I, you know, I've done a little bit of everything. The only thing I hate in college basketball is scheduling, and so I try to stay as far away from scheduling as I can. I leave that to to Burgo. Uh, but anything else, man, I, I pretty much can do uh, and have experience with it. And so I think you know that's probably the biggest thing for this staff that I bring just just a little versatility and 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 a little seasoning and, and experience. What's the biggest thing? I'm just curious for about Bruce. You, you, everybody kind of sings his praises about the culture he instills and the effort and the, the energy and and just the passion that he brings on a day in day out basis. I mean, is is that the thing that stands out to you working with him for what four years now? Is there something else? Just a couple of things that really from all the coaching, you know, you've been in a ton of places with a ton of different guys. What yeah. makes BP different? Um, you you said a little bit of of. Of it all, but I I just think he's one of the hardest workers I've ever I've ever been with. You know, I've, I've been with Mike Davis, who went to a Final Four. 
You know, I've been with Chris Beard, who's, you know, one of the up and coming coaches in, in America right now. I've been with Doc Sal. I've been with a lot of great coaches that's won a lot of championships. But um, this guy right here, Bruce Pearl, works, he still works like he's a Division II coach. Mm-hmm. You know, we get off the plane today, guess who's unloading the bags off the plane? Bruce Pearl. You're talking about a guy that's making well over $4 million now. You know, he's unloading bags. It's not our players that's on. It's not the freshmen that's unloading the bags. It's Bruce Pearl. Uh, But that kind of humbleness, uh, his work ethic, uh, you know, when you're working under him, if you got any kind of pride to you, right, or anything to you, you know, you're not going to sit there and, and, for me personally now, I I can't let this old man outwork me. You know, I just can't, you know, he's not old, you know, but, you know, to a, for, to a certain extent, he's old, right? I can't let this old man outwork me, but I sit there every day and I watch him and he consistently does it. And I think that's what makes him special, man. He, 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 he takes things on and on his own devices. Uh, you know, he doesn't need help doing anything. Uh, you know, he works just as hard as the next man, you know, whether it be a manager. Or, I mean, he sets the tone for that work ethic. And then comes the passion, you know, and then comes the, the motivational side of him, you know, and then comes, you know, just his hands and, and him putting his, his hands and arms around our community. Um, and I think that makes him special as we lose some audio there. We still got nope. the audio. Good. I had him the whole way. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> what's, what's so bad about? Sorry, I'm, I've lost you a little bit. Okay. I think uh, anyways, I'll, I'll ask my question though. What's so bad about? What's so bad about scheduling? You said you didn't like scheduling. You know, some deep inside stuff. I want to know what's so. Is it talking to people? What's it like? It's not the work, man. It's it's the uh, constant barrage of lies that you have to deal with. You know, on the end of the phone. <laughs> everybody is trying to do what's best for them you know when you're talking to their other team that's on the other line and so they may have a phone call from Villanova and they may be waiting on Villanova to get them out and that might be a better situation for them well while that's going on they got Auburn on hold uh but they can't really tell you the truth or else you may run and do something else and so it's just a man. It's a mind game. It's it's something that uh you know I'm not very good at. You know I'm kind of if you ask anybody about me, I'm probably, I'm kind of upfront and blunt about you know how <laughs> I feel and you know it's, what I think. And so that part of the game is is not you know where I where I would like to reside. It's worse than recruiting. This sounds a lot like recruiting, but with adults. You know, it is worse than recruiting. Wow, that's saying a lot. <laughs> Thank goodness for Burgomaster, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for Burgo. <laughs> you know, uh, I was thinking this while we were putting these questions together. A lot of dads get to coach their kids in Pee Wee or upwards or whatever. Maybe yeah. they get to be like involved with their middle school or high school. You know, there's probably a certain percentage of high school coaches with their high school kid, but to do that next level from college, you know, you, you hear about the famous ones, but you know, it, it's funny on this team, even there's Bruce and Steven, but you get this great opportunity to coach your son at such a high level. What's it been like coaching Allen throughout his whole career? You know, I'm sure you told him things at six that you're still telling him at 
20 and like there's other things that you get they've completely changed like how has that changed over the years um i think i think we've gained a better understanding of each other um you know you have to you have to understand and remember right like we left little rock after we got let go and we came to Auburn, and we had to leave our son back at home with his grandparents because you know, I didn't want to change his, his high school, you know, his senior year, you know, where he would lose his friends. And, you know, I want him to continue to play for his grandfather. Um, and that was a big part of it. And so we left him for a whole year, almost a year and a half. And during that time, me being a coach, right, there wasn't a lot of times I was able to go back and see him. Like, matter of fact, his high school, his senior year, I may have seen him play maybe two, maybe three times total. I wasn't able to go back and see him. And during that time, you know, when you were at that age, that 17, 18-year-old age, right, there's a lot of things within a year that can change with your personality and how you think and, you know, just the whole, you know, whole makeup. And so when he came to Auburn, you know, we were just, we were just trying to figure each other out again. Now, we knew this was not going to be easy, and I told him this up front. Like, this is not going to be easy, man, but – I think together we can get through. And so we chose to go down this path. It's been a little tougher than uh, I thought it was gonna be personally as a father. Um, I bet I get a little more nervous when he's out there playing than I did as a player, you know, because I can't, I can't control it. You know, as a player, I could control things because I knew at the end of the day, there's nobody that was gonna be in better shape than me. There was probably not gonna be many guys that was gonna be quicker than me. I could physically kind of impose my will on the game a little bit. Whereas, you know, I'm sitting over there on the side, you know, I don't really have a lot of control over, you know, what we do as a team. You know, this is all BP, he's the head coach, right? And I don't really have control over, you know, Allen on the floor either. So I'm just sitting back, just kind of, you know, <laughs> in a straitjacket, so to speak, dealing with all these emotions. And, that, and that's been the toughest, the toughest thing for me, you know. Now, him, on the other hand, he, he would probably have a whole totally different outlook on it. But I'm sure you know, he's dealt with a lot of things too, being the son of a coach. And um, I know as a freshman, you know, him feeling like, you know, everybody was kind of, you know, watching him or uh, obviously a different set of kind of eyes on him as opposed to the other players. You know, he felt like he was kind of treated a little bit different, which he probably was, you know, he, he was, he's my son, you know? Um, and so people have a different expectation for a coach's son. Um, and that's not reality. He's still a 17, 18 year old just trying to figure it out, you know, and they go through their ups and downs. Um, so he dealt with that. I think he's moved past that now. But now we re reached a whole nother, you know, problem with, you know, the Achilles injury. And, uh, you know, obviously that set him back and he had to deal with that. And that was something that, you know, we both I had some experience with it going through my injury at Auburn as well, you know, around the same time. Um, and so we spent a lot of time talking about that. You know, obviously I've tried to help him through that, but you know, when you're a guy that, you know, has as much pride as Alan, uh, you know, he's stubborn to a fault and, and that's, you know, that's, he got that honest for me and his mother, you know, uh, but when you, you got as much pride as him and things are not quite going as well as, you know, you want him to go, you know, you can kind of see him fighting it a little bit, fighting itself a little bit uh because he wants to be perfect and uh you know i just want him to kind of loosen up man and, and and not worry as much and not put so much pressure on himself 
and and he's his probably his his worst enemy. You know what I mean? Because he wants to be perfect, he wants to do everything right. And uh, son, you're just not gonna be perfect. You know, uh, you know you gotta learn how to get to the next play a little bit more. Uh, you know, you you gotta learn how to have a little bit more fun. You know, with the game. Yeah, I take it so serious. Uh, but you know, I think he's learning that now, and I think him going through what he's going through right now is going to help him in the long run, as as well as it did me. It may not help him on the basketball floor, but as a father, right, when he has his own kids, and you know, when he's in a profession and he has to get up every day and do some things that he doesn't necessarily want to do, but he has to do it because he got to keep the lights on, right? He'll be he'll have this experience to kind of reflect back on. And hopefully that'll make him successful later on in life. Yeah, we you, you answered a bunch of our questions we had down the stretch with with that. So thank you. We uh, it's always feels good when we write them up and they get answered. Uh, you know, in the flow. But I also wanted to ask, where were you when you heard that Allen got hurt? You know, it's it's one thing to hear as a coach that right. your player on the team, one of your key guys, your returning starter, got hurt. What's it right. like to have that combination of being a coach in a professional setting? And then also it's your son, your son's hurt, you know, like how did that combo happen? Well, I'll tell you what, man, I, I was at home one night and I was doing my favorite pastime, which is eating, eating my wife's cooking, right? <laughs> nice. And I'm almost done, right? But I'm not quite done. And usually my phone, my phone is always beside, like I, I always have my phone. It's always beside me and I always answer the phone if I can. Now, if I'm eating, I'll look at the phone, I'll put it back down, and I'll make that phone call after I get through eating because this is my favorite pastime, right? <laughs> well, this night is Clark. You know, it's Clark Pearson. It's our athletic trainer. Clark never calls me this late, like never, right? So I'm like, man, what is going on, right? So I pick up the phone. You know, he tells me what's done happen. Uh, obviously, at that particular point, we didn't really know it was that bad, right? But, you know, I, I, I pushed my food aside, you know, got in my truck, went over to campus, and I walk into the training room, and, you know, Al's looking at me, and he's smiling. You know, he, he's smiling. Like, he, you know, he's a strong dude now. He's a pretty tough dude. You know, he doesn't, you know, things don't really bother him, you know, physically. He won't complain about pain too much. You know, so he's smiling, man. You know, it's like nothing happened. You know, I look at his Achilles. Uh, you know, they've already kind of stitched it up, so to speak. So it doesn't really look that bad to me. Um, but the next morning, you know, they called again and they was like, man, we better get this thing, you know, checked out a little more thoroughly just to make sure. And um, that's that's what we did. And that's actually when uh, we found out we had to go to Birmingham. We found out how serious it was. You know, immediately, you know, both of us were, you know, distraught and, you know, obviously, uh, you know, taken aback, you know, by the news, you know, that you know, our family was going through, you know, a, another situation that was going to be tough for us to overcome, you know, at a, at a, you know, great time in our life, supposedly, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, but, but we're going to have to deal with it. That's, that's what it is. Well, you know, he, he's had to deal with the injury. He's had to come in late into this team a little bit. This built this chemistry. They built it in Atlantis. They built it in wherever, you know, and right. yeah, I'm a big Alan Flanagan fan. If you know, Right. The, the podcast audience knows how much I am. Uh, you know, it's been interesting to see him trying to find his way in this team, trying to figure out, you know, what his role is when he comes from being, you know, all SEC guy to starter and all this stuff and, and kind of coming in. What are right. you telling him 
like this week, last week, as like trying to kind of piece together where his role is on this team? Yeah, I, I think I think for me as his father, um, you know, it's it's tough because I had to play both sides, right? I'm a coach, and I want this team to do well, but I also want my son to do well. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, the thing I'm telling him is, hey man, affect winning. You know, figure out a figure out a way to affect winning. Um, you know, whether that be you scoring, whether that be you rebounding, whether that be you being the best defender on the floor. Or whether that be you just being a little bit, little bit more vocal with our guys, you know, just figure out a way to impact winning. And uh, that hadn't been easy, but he's, he's trying to figure that out. Um, I think the last maybe two, three, maybe possibly four games, I think I've seen Allen probably, um, you know, play as hard as he's ever played, yep. you know, staying focused on defense, you know, staying down in the stands. Now he's not perfect. You know, none of those guys are. Uh, but I think he's been focused on that end of the floor. And when he gets his opportunity, you know, he's trying to take advantage of. You know, obviously, you know, we got a great team. We got a lot of great players. Um, you know, he's not used the same as, as he was, you know, a year ago. Uh, or nor do we need to use him the same as we did a year ago. Um, but, you know, he's got to figure it out. You know, and, you know, if you want to play basketball, uh, professionally at some point, you know, you're not going to always have a ball in your hands. You know, you're not, you know, so this is something that, you know, you're getting a little bit of a, you know, pre-pro audition right now. You know, how, how if, you, if somebody takes you in the draft, whatever year that may be, you know, they're not going to be asking you to score 24 points. They're going to have LeBron James or they're going to have Chris Paul or they're going to have, Whoever, you know, uh, you know, John Moran. Uh, so you're going to have to figure it out. Um, and that, and that's what he's trying to do right now. And I just hope that, um, you know, he finishes strong. Um, I hope our team finishes strong. And uh, I think he can play better. I think he knows that. Uh, but what is, what is better with this team? You know, what is better with this team? Um, you know, at the end of the day, we all want to be in a boat rowing in the same direction and we want to win a national championship. So whatever it takes for us to do that, if it's Allen scoring zero points and, you know, whatever it takes, that's what that's what we got to focus on. Yeah, we've seen the same thing, too. I mean, I, I think everybody who's watching can tell um, he's he's completely dialed in to yeah. affecting winning, I think. And, and it, it looking a little different. I, you know, I'm going to say it. I've said it every week since, you know, him stepping to the line in Tuscaloosa after yeah. that big lead got blown and just calmly hitting four free throws. What that was his third game back, something like that. I mean, that, that was a huge, we, well, he, we know, we know what he's capable of. You know, nah, I think he, he, he's not afraid in a moment. I think everybody yeah. knows that he's not afraid in a moment. Uh, but, but he is a, he is a rhythm guy. You know, right. and I, I don't, I don't know with this team, if, if he's gotten his rhythm to this point, right. um, you know, like I said, I think the last three games or so, man, he's, he's really locked in on the defensive end and shown some signs there, you know, getting more deflections. Uh, I thought against Tennessee in the second half early on, man, he came with a couple, couple of loose balls, uh, you know, stepped in, got a, got a block one time, and, you know, yep. got out of transition, you know, got a, got a dish to, to Walker. Uh, but, but I hope he can just continue to build off of that. Uh, you know, I, I think the biggest thing, man, just play hard, man, have fun doing it and, and help your team win. And, you know, the rest of it can kind of work itself out. I agree. So, 
you you're a big assist guy. You mentioned your speed. Uh, you had you had some some great ball skills back in the day. Um, I was I'm, a big assist guy because I couldn't shoot. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was me. That was me in middle school ball, man. You got to distribute, right? You had the quickness too, though. Um, hey, we're gonna give you credit here. You, you played to your strengths, right? This is a fan podcast. You get the fan take. We're not gonna be, you know, we're cheering for you know. So I, would, I, I wouldn't say I couldn't shoot. I just uh, I didn't I didn't really think anybody could keep me in front, man. So yeah. that's that's what I did. I, I loved to go in and paint. And if you know the defense sucked in, you know I had great shooters around me, Lance Williams, yeah. or Ray Donald, and some of those those guys could knock it down, man. So that's what I did. That was my role. Do you wish that you could play now? It, you know the game has changed so much at the pro level. Obviously, I think that gets talked about a lot, but you just see it trickle down. Right. Um, the, the impact of some of these stars and the pros from a young age, these kids coming up, and the offense. Right. You know, BP himself has been you know kind of a spread. We're going to get shooters. We're going to space the floor. Uh, right. Do you ever kind of are you a little envious at times when you see Wendell Green? Um, diving through the lane with so many options and stuff like that. I, I, I definitely, I definitely am. You know, it's, it's a different game. You know, uh, I, I do think this, I think two, maybe three years ago, right. You couldn't touch anybody on the perimeter. Yeah. But I think it's kind of gone back to being very, very physical, not only in, on the perimeter, but in the paint, you know, and I, I don't know where that comes from because there was this big emphasis. If you guys remember yep. about not being able to put your hands on people. Uh, but you know, obviously the game has changed, man. It's about the three ball. It's about fast pace. It's about spread. And I think I was a guy that could have thrived in, you know, what guys are doing right now. Well, you wow. drive to certain. Yeah, I wanted to make sure Matt got the stat in that uh, Jared Harper leads. Like when you left Auburn, you were second all time in assists at Auburn right. University. Jared Harper has since taken the lead overall, and the second place guy was Gerald White in the eighties, but. Just for the fans that maybe you know weren't paid attention to nice, weren't alive, some people, a lot of our fans, some of our fans probably weren't even alive. You know, just right. wanted you to know that not only is he a legend in the coaching with assistant coach and Alan Williams' dad too, but he was a great player too, a second all-time in assists. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> well, you mentioned physicality, Jackson. I'll let you ask your next question after this. I was in Knoxville, man. That was a war. Like that game was a physical battle. I, I don't know if it came across like that on TV to people who were right. watching, but being there. I was kind of lower level, kind of where you guys came out of the tunnel. It was it, that was a that was brutal. <laughs> what was that like? I think that was actually the first game that I've seen our guys kind of. I wouldn't say get manhandled, but I thought Tennessee was more physical than us. I, I really thought that. And I thought that was the first time that's happened to us this year. Obviously, we lost to Arkansas. You know, we lost to Florida. Uh, but that was a little bit more about, you know, execution and, and getting one guy stopped in J.D. Note. Uh, you know, obviously the UConn game was a heck of a game. Uh, and, and if not for, you know, a free throw blockout, we probably win that game in regulation. Uh, but that Tennessee game was as physical as it gets. Um, you know, those guys were down there mauling each other. I mean, I mean, I mean, locked up wrestling, um, you know, the whole the whole nine. Um, and I think that's a game that we can learn from, you know, because we talk to our guys all the time about, you know, increasing your umbrella on, you know, blockouts. And, and we got our rebounded or gave up 20 some offensive rebounds. And, you know, that can't happen, you know, especially as we get into postseason play. So uh, we watched the film, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we come out here against Mississippi State, who's another physical team. 
um, and and we make some corrections there and, and improve in that area. Uh, but I hope that's a game that we can look look toward in in March and and on down the line and say that was a game that kind of taught us a lesson, yeah. you know, as far as being physical and, and 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 being a little more assertive on the glass. Yeah. You know, I had a question about you were a guard back in the day. You I don't know if it's point guard position or not, but I know you led the assists. It seems to be a big question among the fan base right now is what is going on with our guards and what happened to, you know, there was this moment in midway through the season, maybe when it felt like we were peaking, you know, there's always, you got to peak at the right time. So when Wendell and Walker had this amazing, like couldn't be stopped, either Wendell was going to lay that ball up or he was going to throw the ball up to Walker, or there was going to be a pass out to an open three shooter. And it seems like our guards have really been bottled up a little bit. What, what are you telling the guys now? What, how are you diagnosing this kind of stuff? I know you can't give away too much, but well, well, uh, I think a key to any championship team, right, is being able to make adjustments, being able to make adjustments, being able to change, being able to be a community. Um, now, obviously, during the process of a whole year, right, your team, especially if you got a really good team, it may change two or three times during the course of the year. You kind of saw that, you know, with our Final Four team. You know, early on, it was a lot, you know, Jared, a lot, Bryce, you know, toward the middle of the year, uh, you know, it was, you know, a little bit more severe and, you know, just uh, just everybody, right? And then toward the end, it turned into like Chuma, right? And it turned into like a lot of dribble drive, you know, open type scenarios, right? And so I, I think that's what we're going through right now. Like people have gotten a lot of tape on us. Obviously, when we were peaking, you know, we were getting a lot of our, out of our ball screen offense. Um, and so better defenses, especially on the road, when you play teams like Florida, Tennessee, Arkansas, you know, they're going to shut that down. You know, that, you know, on tape, they're scouting just like we are. You know I mean? They got good coaches just like we do. They got good players like we do, right? And so they're geared to shut some of that stuff down. And so now – you had to figure out another way to be effective on offense. And that's kind of what our team is going through right now. And, uh, you know, hopefully again, like we learned just now instead of late on in March where, you know, it could be a situation where it's you lose and you go home. And so we had to make adjustments as a staff. We had to make the adjustments as a players. And if that happens, we can continue to have success. If we don't make the adjustments, then we won't have success. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of feather it out and, and this season won't be what we all want it to be. Um, but I, I, I got true faith in this staff and our players that we'll make the adjustment and, uh, you know, we'll get back on the good side of things. Well, but, we got we to gotta remember too now, we 24, are we 24 and four? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about that before you came on. We were, yeah. we were having a spirited debate about some of that because you, you're right. You can't get lost in how great of a season this has been. You know, and, and I, the thing I kept telling everybody after the Tennessee game, you know, look, I, it, it's obviously way more frustrating for you guys in the right. wars than it is for us. You know, Auburn still has the best road record in the SEC. Right. I, you know, so it's hard. It's, it's just hard to win on the road. Just so happy, man. We end up playing those three guys like back to back to back, you know. Yeah. Uh, apparently, apparently the all the top six teams are playing so bad that they're all falling apart. None of them are gonna do good. <laughs> well, I just have one more question, and then Jackson has a couple of rapid power ones and we'll be done. We really appreciate the time. 
Um, you've been around college basketball for most of your life at this point, right? Um, so much has changed the last few years, really, since you've been at Auburn in terms of the transfers, and, you know, the ability to move, move from school to school. NIL now is a factor. Um, it, it, are those changes as significant internally for you guys as a staff as it has been for us as just fans paying attention? It feels like this big shift, but it also seems like you guys have done a really good job of, you know, moving with the with the with the tide, if you will. How's that been? It's it's been an adjustment period, and and I think we're still trying to you know figure it all out. I think you know everybody at college basketball is still trying to figure it out. Uh, but you know I think again that's what makes a, a great staff is you know you can kind of just like a great team. You know you can kind of uh, have enough versatility, right, where you know you can make the right decisions and make the right calls to. Uh, you know, get it figured out maybe before your opponent. And so, uh, you know, you got to have a little bit of luck as well. Um, and I think we've had some luck, especially in the transfer portal. Uh, but a lot of that started with just hard work before, you know, those guys came back to us. You know, we, we put in the work to get Walker Kessler. You know, we put in the work with KD Johnson. And, uh, you know, when the portal opens up, you know, we got guys like that that we've already put in the work for. Uh, you know, it's an easy, it's an easy yes, you know, for some of those families. And so, uh, you know, I, I think this staff works really hard. I think we got enough versatility on our staff uh, to be able to change and, and, and uh, adjust to whatever we need to. And uh, I think that's what makes us great. And we got a great lead in, in Bruce Bay. Yeah. Well, I, I got some good uh, quick quiz uh, questions here, you know, kind of a this or that or something, you know, little rattle off, a little quick one. We've had Sonny Smith. We've had KT Harrell. We've had uh, Anthony McLemore. We've had Stephen Pearl. We've asked them all similar questions. And, and two of the biggest ones we always ask. The first one is, what's a bigger momentum grabber? What makes you most excited? A Cambridge alley-oop or a Wendell Green logo three? Ooh, man. Um, I think I think the logo three depends on the time. <laughs> well, like, recently like for sure, right? <laughs> like the logo three, right? Like if he makes the logo three and we in the middle of a run and they got to call timeout, there's nothing but, especially on the road. Like it's nothing but. <laughs> but, man, but I'm telling you now, some of those Devin Cambridge dunks. I mean, they they are uh, obviously sports center worthy, but yeah. you know, I, I think he may be one of the you know better dunkers in Auburn history in terms of open floor dunking. No doubt, you know that that dude, man. You know he got he got the nickname Bounce Man for a reason. <laughs> I just say that much. <laughs> All right, you got you got to pick, Coach. You can't say you like, but you got to pick. He said he, he gave right. a good answer. Yeah, I I I, I had to go with the logo. I had to go yes, with the logo. Win. Finally. Several people have picked uh, the, the Cambridge, but I like the Wendell three. It's, so. it's nothing like that. Now, when they uh, you know, that dude come down and make a three like at Alabama, and they got to call timeout. Oh man, that's uh, that's here's that's the, a high. Here's the next one: uh, heat check timeout or let them play through the through the kind of malaise that happens during a game. Man, I I think letting them play. I I think is I think that's opportunity for your team to grow up. It, it's it's um, it gauges you know the togetherness. Um, you know I I think it gives them an opportunity to kind of figure things out on their own. 
Um, I I just think that's important. You know, team. You know, a lot of times, right? When you when you compete for championships, right? All the coaching in the world, uh, you know, a coach can put you in position, right? But at the end of the day, it's about those players and those players making plays. And that's kind of the, the same resemblance, right? You know, those guys got to figure it out and they got to make play and they got to get it turned on their own. And that helps, you know, in the long run, you know, as those guys continue to grow and mature as a team. Because we, we don't, man, we don't need no timeout. Like, y'all, you guys figure this out. Y'all get together and y'all figure this out. And Coach puts that onus on those guys to do that. And, and I like that. You know, I think he's the – you know, he's one of the few coaches that I work for that kind of lets guys, you know, play through all the ruckus that's going on, all the adversity that they're going through. And I think it's a good thing. It's a reason why, you know, this guy has won as many games as he's won. Um, you know, and I think he understands as well how important it is for those players to figure it out on them. Well, uh, let's let's put your, your head into a space a little bit. You're walking into the gym, into your local gym, whatever, not the Auburn gym, a local gym, whatever. You're picking up, you're just going to shoot the ball around. You get there, there's two balls on the rack, a Nike ball and a Wilson ball. Which one are you grabbing? <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> man, look, for me, for me, right, man, I, I grew up, man, with a uh, a dirt court on the side of my house with boxes. <laughs> all kind of things, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and, and I had a, a wooden backboard nailed on the tree and my goal nice. was probably seven and a half, eight feet, right? Um, and there was a lot of times, man, when my ball wasn't very good, it'd get worn out and it had lumps in it. And hey man, as long as it's round and it's small <laughs> enough to go through that cylinder, I'll play whatever, whatever you put in front of me, you know what I mean? And so, it, I'll take either one. Doesn't matter. Fair I, enough. Fair I, enough. I think I still uh, managed to get one through the hole. There you <laughs> go. Uh, the next one is Beard Eves or Auburn Arena? Auburn Arena, hands down. All day. All right. Auburn you know, Arena. you played in the other one. You still like Auburn Arena? Still like Auburn Arena, man. It's, right. such, a, it's such an intimate setting. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, our fan base right now and our student section, obviously, the Cliff Dwellers are great. But that student section, you know, is, is, is unbelievable. They do a great job for us. Auburn Arena, Neville Arena. <laughs> same thing, same thing. <laughs> they just haven't named it yet. <laughs> yeah, right, right now, I would just have to say Auburn Arena because we hadn't played many Neville Arena games yet. <laughs> yeah. well, yet you, were, you were around back in the 90s in Auburn, and I noticed recently, you know, I was in the 2000s, the city of Auburn's changed a lot. A lot of new buildings. The campus has changed a good bit. Did you prefer the old Auburn, or do you like the new Auburn? I like I like the new Auburn. Um, you know, we got a lot of variety in terms of restaurants. Uh, we got a few more hangout spots. Uh, you know, I, I remember being a student man, and really the only thing that you know you probably could go to, you know, on a regular basis was maybe the supper club. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, guys got a, a few more options, man. And, and I'll tell you, man, it's a it's a great community. It's a beautiful community. When we bring in our, our families, man, to host them on those weekends, um, you know, we get so many compliments, you know, not only about, you know, the people in our community, but about how beautiful Auburn is. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's grown, but I think it's, it's growing, um, you know, in the right direction.
you know, your, your parents were eight hours away in Arkansas. You could go to supper club whenever you wanted to. Alan's, you know, if he wants to sneak in a sky bar, he's got to watch out for dad. Right. Nah, man, he is, uh, you know, he's a grown, he's a growing young man now, man. He's, you know, he, he's, he's moved on up and, you know, I was, my dad raised me, man, to be my own man. Um, obviously we got, you know, rules and regulations around the house. Right. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Alan's got to be able to patrol itself uh, and, and make the right decisions. And, and you know, me and his mom have kind of raised him to do that. And uh, we hope he continues to. Last one, Guthrie's or Zaxby's? I'm, I'm a Guthrie's man. You got to be, right? Your boy's sponsored, right? <laughs> hey, you, know, you, know, you know, my favorite thing about a box at Guthrie's is, is the toast. Mm. Oh. Yes. I get that's the double my, toast. Yeah, that's that's my favorite thing. I change out the coleslaw for the toast. Who wants the coleslaw anyways? <laughs> now tell like this will this will really be the last one. Does right. does Alan get unlimited Guthrie's now that he's sponsored? <laughs> Not unlimited, but okay. He's got an allowance. He got a he got a pretty good deal from old Joe Guthrie over there, man. We appreciate you, Joe. That that's luxury right there. If you're if you're a college student, you can get yeah, Guthrie's anytime you want. That's real luxury, you know. Don't give me a penthouse. Give me all the Guthrie's I can eat. Right. Dad, Dad get a free box of two and nine then too. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, Coach Flanagan, thanks so much for coming on. I hope you had a good time. We had a great time. It's been so much fun to watch the team. So. Appreciate you guys, man. Don't forget, man. I got to sign that T-shirt for you too. Okay, too. I'll bring it. Hey, I'll bring it. All right. Eagle. Love and respect, man. Work. Work, man. Thank you. Well, that was a fun time, guys. You know, though we'd leave it on for a second longer, man. It's been so fun to have these interviews on here. I feel like we have a good time with them. I hope we don't get a, you know, we're fan podcasts, so we try to walk that line between being professional and knowing what we're talking about and also throwing some fun stuff in there. That was awesome, man. No, it's it, when you step back, I'm glad you – uh, you know, you have to do the humble brag in a podcast to remind people of who we've talked to, because now we have kind of a cool list. But just the the idea that we're getting to kind of hear hear from some of these people that are in the trenches day in and day out trying to make this team the best they can be. Um, it, you know, it speaks a lot to the, the staff that Bruce has built. Um, you know, you just hear the passion and the, you know, just the, the work ethic comes through. Um, I think that when you think about these personalities, right? The Stephen Pearl, the West Flanagan, the Bruce Pearl, like I think that's why kids want to come play here. Those are the people that are going to be around day in and day out. And it's been really cool to kind of get to, get to talk to them. So this was cool. You know, again, they're getting ready to play in Starkville tomorrow night. So it's just cool to, cool to talk to coaches when they're 24 hours away from a huge game. Well, I hope, uh, I hope the fans uh, felt me as a representative like as their fan, like the fan representative with the the ball question, the Nike versus Wilson. You're not going to hear that from the legit journalists or the beat writers or whatever. So you're welcome. I asked the tough questions. I think I think you did a good job. If y'all don't know, uh, Jackson's the more aggressive, free spirit in this relationship on the podcast. And sometimes I'm like, he's batting like 90 percent though every time i'm like eh, i don't know if i would do that it works it works well so you we about got we about got coach fleeting and falling out of the chair on that one he leaned <laughs> back you couldn't even see him i don't know where he went so if you're, if you're watching on you'll go back and watch it on youtube he leaned back so far i think he disappeared for a second when i asked that one 
He did. Are, are we posting this tonight? Or are we uh, posting? Yeah, I think we posted tonight. Yeah. Well, you know, right. I, I speak for everybody. Jackson, welcome back. We're glad to have you. Uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night. It's a huge game. This is, you know, this is you clinch a share of the SEC championship with a win. And obviously, if we lose, we're tied with everybody else trying to survive for our lives on Saturday. And we're going to be in Auburn on Saturday, like we talked about. So. Yeah, we'll be there on Saturday. The, you know, if you're going to be there, we'd love to meet a lot of people. We got to interview a lot of these coaches and players. And big shout out to Marlene Navore, the director of communications. She's the GOAT. She's amazing. She's helped put all these together. She's been just amazing. You've seen Bruce on everything. You know, Bruce loves to be on stuff as it is. So she's got the perfect guy to work with. But she's also pushed all these guys to do all these interviews and document what should be, you know, one of the greatest seasons in our basketball history. I'm hoping we've said it a thousand times now that we've known how special this season is that hopefully this is like documenting a little bit, this special run that we can always go back in a couple of years and check some of this stuff out, maybe edit some of it together or something. I don't know, but it's, a, it's another good thing that we kept recording on this one too. Cause I know we like to keep the beginning of podcasts kind of uh, on point. You know, there's some other podcasts out there that like to just jib jab about forever. We know you only care about basketball. So it's good this is at the end that I'm back from Bermuda. You know, I missed you guys. I missed the podcast. I missed Matt. I did watch most of the games, even out on Atlantic time, even if I had to turn on international data or do some other pirating, like legit, like pirating on the internet, not pirating on the water, weird stuff. So I'm glad to be back. Blame Jackson. We've lost two of three. He leaves the country. We, we had a great thing going. We barely wait at the time when you left. We never we, lost in regulation. Yeah. Right. And then but Jackson. Did, had we, we hadn't, right? We, had, we didn't lose in regulation until Florida, right? UConn and Arkansas. So we those were both overtimes. And then, yeah, yeah. So that's crazy that that just happened a week ago. It feels like so long ago. It we, does. Had not, we had not lost in regulation when I left the country, I'm sorry I did that, but I'm back in the country. I'm sure the guards are going to completely get everything back together again. The three percentage is going to skyrocket up to 70%. It's going to be amazing. Well, let's hope so. I mean, I, I, I will admit I'm getting a little, I wouldn't say nervous. I, my, obviously I've said all year, my goal is to win the SEC. And if we do that, we, we should be in position to do everything else we want to do. That's still true. But you just, you know, being in Knoxville, Tennessee's playing their best ball. They're, they're on a roll. They're hot. That may not continue into the SEC tournament, but for now, they're one of the hottest teams in the league along with Arkansas. And you just, even if we're not on a huge hot streak, I think just taking care of business in these two games this week, getting back on a little win streak, claiming a, a, a solo SEC championship, number one seed in the SEC tournament, stop the bleeding a little bit. There's no bleeding. But, you know, everybody else is losing, too. Somehow we drop in the AP poll, which is a whole other thing. Yeah, we got to get the swagger back. It's important to get yes. the swagger back, even if, like, it makes sense that we lost those road games. You got to have the right attitude. And if people, like, I think a softer Tennessee game, Wendell was saying, I'm going to get it together. Whatever. The fact that he thinks he needs to get it together, you know, we just got to get that swagger back. Some of this stuff in college basketball and college sports in general is so momentum-based and so confident-based, you know, that you know, let's, let's just get back to winning. Let, win at Mississippi State. We're going to cure some things. You know, and it's just it's amazing that either way, that South Carolina game at the end of the year that me and Matt will be at and hope other people will be at will be important, extremely important. And that's that's all you can ask for. Let's get the Peacocks back. Let's go. We are not deterred. And I'm glad personally that we have to do it on the road. Like, I I think tomorrow is a really big game. It may only seem like Mississippi State, but they're kind of a fringe bubble team that maybe sees us as vulnerable. We've seen road games are difficult. I, I think we need to exercise those demons. Yep. tomorrow night and we can hopefully celebrate that 
uh, after the game. And another big shout out to uh, Bobby and Ben and Jay Phillips for, for coming on my co-host seat. Uh, ben, I know you're trying to come for my seat. It's never going to happen, baby. I'm back. I've secured the throne. You think you can take it? Uh, kind of story with that. Another funny thing with that is that uh, Bobby, we, me and Matt knew Bobby from the Auburn Church of Christ back in the day. Uh, you know, so I, I knew Bobby, you know, not as, not as good as I know Ben, but I know Bobby and me and Ben went to high school together in Montgomery, Alabama, went to the same church, Vaughn Park Church of Christ, and our high school was Church of Christ, went to Auburn together, and now we both live in New York City. There's just such a rare, small amount of people <laughs> that go all the way from Montgomery that you know from church too, and from Auburn, and from New York City. It's just an extremely small group, and Ben helped me get my, my first apartment in New York City and everything, and Matt had never met him. For the podcast, I just like thrown that out there. Ben had texted me and was like, Hey, if you need a co host, and I was like, Sure, I didn't know what Matt was gonna do or what his thing is. I just threw it out there to Matt, like, Hey, Ben's uh, Ben said he'd be available. He, he set up our uh intro, which has been amazing. Shout out to Ben again for that. And so it was really interesting to hear Ben and Matt have such good chemistry on that podcast. And I think if I ultimately have to break it down, it's that Church of Christ connection, you oh, know, you grow up a certain way, we're, we're, you got a certain kind of you know. We went this whole year without giving away our uh, Church of Christ roots, and now it's all. Oh, is that? Are we hiding uh, that? I'm, hiding? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I'm sure so we have ben plenty was, of listeners from the, the ACSC, so. Ben was great, um, and it was so cool. We talked about it at the end of the episode, but like, it's so cool that we hadn't met. We just had a great conversation, but that's that's what Auburn basketball is doing for people now. For, for years, there's been another sport on campus that's done that. It's drawn people. It's given people something to talk about. Now, basketball is... I find myself having conversations with other Auburn fans that maybe I'm not even as close with about the basketball team. Um, and it's really neat. So Ben was great. And Ben, I'm just going to tell you, Jackson, maybe he was just being nice and giving me the option, but he seemed very like uncertain about you coming on the podcast. And he kind of set my expectations low and you did a great job. So. I did not set for the record. It wasn't so low. I just was saying, Ben, you know you're an intense guy. I was just saying Ben's an intense guy. You might have to bring the energy to match his intensity. So, Ben, I was not saying anything bad. Another thing with Ben, too, uh, you know, he was humble or whatever on the podcast that he does a thing called Wild New York City, which is uh, about, like, animals in New York City. He's an actor in New York City. So check out his content online if you liked hearing from Ben. It's cool to see him do his, like, Steve Irwin impression with Central Park Wildlife and different things. I know most of our podcasts not new york city based but it's still very cool in my opinion so and shout out to jay phillips to uh go check out on live uh it's on live three on (laughs) you butchered that so bad auburnlive.com part of the on three sports network he and the bruce the bruce blog the bruce blog bruce blog he he's he actually brings some real knowledge that i i lack on here so it's cool to hear him especially down especially if you're getting into like recruiting you know basketball recruiting so different because it's less guys and it kind of feels like it's a weird time calendar wise but he they're always on top of um the top guys who are looking at auburn which right now you know it's never been better for top recruits checking us out so hopefully with uh you know this might be our last coach interview we do this year right now uh, we plan to keep the podcast going hopefully after the season and may, we may get some more access when people have a little more time. Uh, you know, if you have anybody in, you think interesting from like a, a former player or anything like that, let us know maybe between the SEC championship and the NCAA, you know, some of these guys, some of these beat writers and different things kind of come out of the woodwork and they're more ready to talk about college basketball than they are before. So just let us know if anybody's interested. We're always interested in interviewing people and having people on. So 
get Hope ready. Have a good time. Get ready for the Instagram and Twitter content this weekend. It's going to be coming to you live from the plains. We are so excited to be able to go. Um, it, it's I'm really I, I haven't like I'm having a crazy week at work, but I I'm going to be super pumped when we get to Friday and head down to Auburn. So. Hopefully uh, we'll get to see student uh, student correspondent Matt Plexico while we're down there. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Maybe even kid correspondent Luke. We'll see if they're in town. You never know. We might get the whole gang together. If, if you're getting the entire last five or 10 minutes of this podcast, thank you for listening to us all year. Like, seriously, if you understood everything we just said in the last five or 10 minutes, you're awesome. I just want to say that. In fact, if you see me in Auburn and we're out of the bar or something like that, and you can name any kind of deep cut <laughs> podcast stuff. In fact, if you come up to me at all or either of us or even text us and say, hey, we would like to meet you or something. Beer on me, man. It's so cheap in Auburn. $3 beer. I got you. <laughs> hey, you heard it. You heard it here first. Saturday. Get ready. I also told uh, Devin Cambridge we would chug Crystal's hamburgers <laughs> if uh, he got a double-double tomorrow. And I found out there's no crystals in the entire, like, outside of the South. So, you I can't always trust what I say. But I, if, if you can find us and you well, can text me, I'll free beer we'll, on we'll, me. Sat, we can do it this weekend in Alabama. Oh, there we go. All right. Well, Let's Matt. It, Devin. It's good to be back. Welcome back. Uh, thanks again to Coach Flanagan. Enjoyed it. We will be back with y'all tomorrow night after the game. All right, War Eagle. War Eagle.